When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 4 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast with me, Harry Robinson and Jack Tate as always. A brilliant start to the Premier League season as GB took gold with plenty of good weekends. We're top of the league, even if it's slightly meaningless. It's, uh, it's nice after good opening game win. Zatan was fun, Baye was excellent, United exciting and three goals in a game. Not bad, Jack. Completely the opposite to what we've been used to in the last year or so. Yeah, it was a really positive start. There were bits in the game where you could tell it was a work in progress. First half especially, where we were below par. Um, Bournemouth, arguably the better team for large parts of the first half. But it seemed like we had a bit of ruthlessness back, which was great. Obviously got quite a lot of luck with, with Matter's goal, but the team looked good. We looked a lot more attacking. Um, some excellent individual performances, especially from Bay, as you said. Things are looking up. It was a, a positive start to the season, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's just nice having some exciting football back in. Three goals. I think I saw we we scored three goals twenty times or something under Van Hal and didn't score didn't score a goal at all. Uh, a similar amount of times. But uh, the the news Latan Ibrahimovic song was out. Scores from thirty yards. I mean, it, it wasn't a powerful shot, but it was so precise. And we haven't had somebody who could just pick up the ball there and and scored that precisely for years. Yeah, and, uh, a a beautiful flick to Rooney at one point as well. Yeah, absolutely. He was. Kind of a similar performance to the Community Shield in many ways for, for uh, Ibrahimovic. He wasn't involved in the game too much. Um, his link-up play was still, still a bit off at, at times, but some lovely touches here and there. Brilliant, brilliant finish for the Garwoods. I mean, as you said, the, the precision in that finish was just brilliant. And it looks like he's starting to settle down. He just gives us a bit more power up front, which I think we've been lacking for quite a while because his all-round game is so good. He's He's, he's got it all, really. Um, and with the with the pace around him of uh, Martial on the left, he, he looks like he's really enjoying his football. So if he keeps scoring a goal a game the whole season, then it could be in for something special. Yeah, and, and it was good to hear Mourinho say after the game that every meal time at Carrington, he's just surrounded by the young players like Shaw and Rashford. And it it is what we what many people predicted, that he, he's acting as, as the Eric Cantona figure. And that's so useful for us to have. Yeah, absolutely. He's the kind of like maverick figure almost that we've been missing for a long time. And his experience, his wealth of knowledge of, of the game and of winning if, if effectively is unparalleled almost. So it, it must be great for the younger players to have him around. And as, as you said, he's doing exactly what we hoped he would. And he seems to be nurturing some of the younger players. So it can only be good for those, young, for those younger players, especially Marcus Rashford, to have someone like that to, to talk to and get some insight from. Eric Bailly was my man of the match. You'd have to give nominations to Valencia and Fellaini. We'll move on to Fellaini's absolute incredible performance. So out of the ordinary <laughs> for him. But Eric Bailly was brilliant. And even Jamie Carragher on Monday Night Football was talking about how impressed he was. Um, three tackles, same as Blind, uh, two interceptions, seven clearances. But it's just because we've had Daily Blinds performing there and performing there well last season as a ball-playing centre-back. But 
I, I don't know this. It, I think it's more the mix of attributes that Eric Bailly has compared to Blind. So as well as that ball playing ability, Bailly is tall. He's so he's tackling at times. Some people would call it rash, and some people would call it brave. Um, it, it depends where you fall on that line. I, I'd call it brave, and and some of his tackles are, are just phenomenal. The timing of them, and and I do think we're going to see him get sent off a few times this season and and perhaps that isn't good but or, or that's definitely not good but some of his tackles are, are immense and it, it's really good to see someone come in he's settled down really well and the first two games of the season he's been man of the match on both times he's been a brilliant start I really wasn't expecting this from him actually I was expecting him to, to turn out to be a good signing but I thought it might take him a while to, to settle down and really hit his stride but he's started amazingly exceeded all expectations against Against Bournemouth, especially, he looks so comf- confident on the. Um, and as you said, he's he kind of has everything that Daley Blind has and everything that Chris Smalling has. But the things that each of them doesn't have, he he possesses, and he seems he seems to have it all as a centre back. He's he's physically he, he's he's brilliant. He's tall. He's strong. He's powerful. He, on the ball, he looks so calm, so composed. Some of his passing was was really really good. And defensively, in a one on one, he 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 looks brilliant at times. There was. The one, even in the Community Shield, where Jamie Vardy tried to um, go on his outside and get down to the byline. And I, I kind of talked about this in, in the last episode. The, the side tackle, and then how nonchalant he just, he just got up and was like, yeah, that, that's just business as usual. And I like that. I like that kind of swagger that he's got about him. And he looks like he could turn out to be a really, really good centre-back. And and his partnership with Blind is surprisingly flourishing. And Chris mm. Morling, suspended for this game, not fit for the Community Shield, is going to struggle to get back in immediately because Blind's like Bay, three tackles, four interceptions, eight clearances. But it wasn't just that he he looked good and he didn't look he didn't look to have the defensive issues. And and the uh, the goal from I think it was from Adam Smith for Bournemouth, not great defending by United. We we gave him far too much space and just allowed him to walk across our penalty area. But overall, our, our defensive performances look so much better than than even a few games ago. And Yes, it's early days, but I mean, it's just a positive sign. The the only downside on the game was Anthony Martial, despite getting two assists, they were uh, slightly lucky, a misplaced shot and a and a short layoff to Zlatan Ibrahimovic to work his magic. Um, thought he was a bit poor. Hopefully, the, the the situation regarding his ex-wife isn't sort of playing with his head, and because we we because we have Zlatan Ibrahimovic, we have. Rooney, who did score despite uh, a pretty poor performance in the first half, but we we definitely need Martial firing on all cylinders as well. Yeah, definitely wasn't his his best game in the United shirt. Um, expected more. He didn't. To be fair, Bournemouth played him quite well because they never really allowed him space and time to run at his run at his man. It was only once or twice that he really got that opportunity. But hopefully, like you said, the last time coming coming into the side won't affect him. I don't think it will. I think it was just just an off game. As you said, maybe what's going on off the pitch with his ex-wife is maybe playing on his mind and affecting his concentration a little bit. But we'll see. It's still early days in the season. Obviously, he didn't didn't play too much football with France in the Euros, so that might still be um, in his mind as well. But hopefully, we'll see him getting back to the heights that he was at last season. Because if you if you think the, the possibility of having him playing the way that he played parts of last season with Zlatan firing on all cylinders up front as well, that could be a magic combination. Um, and, and Antonio Valencia and Marwan Fellaini, two surprise contenders for Man of Match and two surprise standout performers in, in the first two games for Jose Mourinho. And Fellaini's a strange back pass in the community shield is, is quickly being forgotten. And Mourinho was saying after the game that if United fans don't love Fellaini now, 
which we know they don't, they're going to have to love him soon if he continues performing like that because it, it was so out of the ordinary for, for Fellaini. He didn't lose possession at all, not a single time. All 76 passes were completed and he only gave away one foul, no no elbows flailing in the air. Um, possibly his best performance in the United shirt. Um, yes, it was Bournemouth. Yes, he didn't have to do too much defending, but also... He was deployed by Mourinho to, to press high and press hard and to a high intensity. And he managed to do so and he was extremely disciplined. He didn't go, go in, he didn't get drawn in by the, by the playing across the round our box by Bournemouth. Instead, he just marshaled people along and stopped them from getting a shot underway or, or playing someone else through. And it, a lot of people say about Fellaini that the reason managers continue to play him so much is because whatever he's asked to do, he does. And Mourinho is going to love him if he continues to do what he did against Bournemouth. Yeah, it, w- it was a, a very surprising uh, performance from Fellaini, but a very good one as well. He seemed to, as you said, he seemed to uh, just iron out all of all of the really annoying parts that usually accompany his performances. And I'm not really sure how he managed to do it exactly, but yeah, it was a really good performance. And I think I think what you're saying about he he's the kind of player that will do whatever the manager wants him. He's exactly the kind of player that that Mourinho seems to like. Um, you remember him playing Kurt Zuma in defensive midfield in the Capital One Cup final last year. Not Zuma's favourite position. Barely ever played there before, but he but he did what he was asked and he and he did a great job there. And that is the kind of thing that, that Mourinho likes in a player. He likes to be able to, to, to know exactly what he's going to do. I think that's why he ended up kind of falling out with, well, not falling out, but not having a great relationship with Eden Hazard in the end because Hazard was wanting to do his own thing more than Mourinho wanted him to. And I think... Someone like Fellaini, who is so receptive, he will just do whatever he's asked, is the kind of player that Mourinho will, will enjoy using. So, listen, Fellaini's not a fan favourite by any means, but if he keeps putting in performances like that every week, then I'll be happy to see him on the team sheet. Perhaps the, the situation with Fellaini is that the more responsibility you give him, the, the better he, he fulfils that responsibility. And Mourinho gives players a lot of responsibility that he gives them a lot to do. And maybe that's going to... Gonna show in Fellaini and, and let him flourish and maybe eventually the majority of United fans will um, will, will start to, to love him as Mourinho says and Antonio Valencia has marked down that right back position ahead of Matteo Darwin who is reportedly targeted by Roma and Napoli and could return to Italy and, and he's not going to play if Valencia continues like this. I don't know what Mourinho's done but he's given him his confidence back and Valencia now has the confidence to go past his man to cross and his crosses aren't hitting the first man like they have been for the last three years to, to much frustration. He's going past his man, and because he's going past his man, he's getting into space. He's got a yard of space, and he whips him in with his right foot because his left foot's completely useless, but, but we won't talk about <laughs> that. Um, so so what Mourinho has done, this is one of his greatest achievements. He's, he's managed to make Antonio Valencia cross a ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not something I thought I'd ever be hearing, honestly, but... No, he's been playing really well. And Valencia's always been a frustrating player because we all know that he is talented. We know that he can cause a lot of problems. But so often his final ball is lacking or he tries to beat his man two or three times when he only needs to beat him once. And it's those sort of things that seem to have been taken out of his game by Mourinho in the, in the last few months. And in the community show and on uh, Sunday against Bournemouth, he, he was brilliant. He was a standout performer without a doubt. I mean, Matteo Darmian, even if, or as it, as it seems to be reported, um, Darmian wasn't on his way out. He wouldn't have a look in right now ahead of Valencia. Valencia's playing so well. His defensive um, shortcomings, shall we say, aren't, aren't being exposed. I don't know if that's potentially because he hasn't been tested that much or if it is genuinely because he has been improving. No no doubt having Eric Bailly on that side of defence next to him is probably helping that as well. But 
he seems to have really nailed down that right back spot and he's performing brilliantly and really becoming a, sta- a standout performer and one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment. Marshall, Paul, Valencia, Fellaini, brilliant, and Eric Bay, of course, but it's just it's, everything is the opposite to last season. Exciting football, three goals in a game, and I'm still in shock about that. Efficiency in the transfer window and Valencia and Fellaini performing. Um, a, a really excellent start. Without doubt, yeah, couldn't, couldn't really have asked for anything more. This is the kind of transfer window that we've been crying out for for the last few years, and I'm I really excited to see Paul Pogba um, hopefully make his make his debut next weekend and. On the pitch, things, things seem to be on the way up. Like I said, it, it definitely wasn't a sublime performance by any means. There's a lot of work still to be done. A bit ropey, um, very rusty, but it was a, an efficient performance, I think, in the second half more than anything. Um, a very, as I think it was Rio Ferdinand put it, Jose-ish performance in the end. And if it carries on like that, we could be in for a good season. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the, for the, for the few weeks ahead. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting after the game that Mourinho said at 3-0, he was fine to keep on going and to try and get the fourth or fifth or sixth. But at 3-1, he didn't want to concede another and make it 3-2. And he even just wants to avoid the nervous last few minutes. I think that was an interesting insight into his into the mentality that we're going to see. If we have a comfortable advantage, we're going to go for it. If it's 1-0 at 60 minutes, we're probably not going to go for the second because he wants to defend that lead. So something to, to look out for because that's probably going to be the mentality that United adopts, um, whether you like it or not. Talking about the transfer window, there's rumours of an 8 million move for Jose Fonte of Southampton. For me, it's a very Jose Mourinho signing, quite old. I think he's over 30 now, solid, nothing special, will do a job. And he's cheap because his contract is running out. But for 8 million, a defender, Fonte's class, who is vital for Portugal in uh, their Euro 2016 win, He's probably he's definitely not one of the best defenders in the world. He, he's nowhere near. He's not one of the best defend. He's not the best defender in the league. But for eight million as a backup, as a as a second choice to Eric Bay, who will be leaving for the Africa Cup of Nations in January 2017, it, it seems like a very sensible purchase if if it does happen. I'm not too against the signing. I'm not the kind of player that you're going to be looking at at being you know a, a long term solution to anything. But he's 32. But not that concerned because he seems to be playing some of his best football in the last couple of years. It's not like he's he's on the decline. For £8 million in today's transfer market, it, it, it's nothing. And we need someone with experience at the back. And I think his not only his experience, but his class as well. He, he is a, a, a good, solid defender. I think it, it's not a bad move at all. We do need more reinforcements in the centre-back area. We were discussing last week that perhaps we were lacking a bit of depth there. Um, so adding a, another centre-back, I know Font's calibre, not world class by any means, but he does a very good job. Reliable centre back. I think it's a transfer that makes sense, and if it does happen, then I'm all for it. Yeah, because he's certainly better than Marcus Rocha and Phil Jones, who are our current uh, backup options. So for eight million, that, that's half the price of Phil Jones, and Jones was bought uh, five years ago. So uh, a very cheap transfer, and uh, definitely value for money if if it does go through, despite his age. Another thing in the news that we'd like to talk about Mourinho has backed Memphis Depay suggesting he doesn't care about what's in the papers but about the quality and that Memphis just needs the confidence to, to get back to the standard that Mourinho saw when he was at PSV and in the World Cup in 2014 it's very good to hear it's something that we've both said that we want to keep Memphis Depay allow him a second season allow him a second chance because we know how good he can be it's really positive to hear that from Mourinho saying that he also thinks the same thing absolutely 
it's great that Memphis is still in his plans. We, I think we all, we were all really excited to see how Memphis would, would play last season when, when he was signed last summer. Obviously didn't materialize in the way that we wanted, but there's no doubt that he still does have a lot of talent and it's a case of trying to harness that talent in the right way. In some ways, being in the Europa League this season might be the best thing that's ever happened to Memphis Depay because you wonder if we were in the Champions League whether he would actually get any looking because certainly right now he isn't in the in the first team uh, in the first eleven regardless of what of what Mourinho says about him being in his plans. Um, and if we were in the Champions League, then I'm not sure there would be much room for rotation. But the fact that we're now in the Europa League, as much as we all don't want to, would hopefully give Memphis a few more chances, a few more opportunities to play some first-team football and show Mourinho that he does deserve a place in the first eleven. because if he can get his confidence up and if he can start playing with the talent and the the swagger that we know he has, that he's shown in the Europa League a few times last year, then he can be a real threat and he and then he definitely is capable of having a place in the first eleven. Yeah, it's, it's just nice to hear that Mourinho is not being gung-ho about getting rid of players who have underperformed and is wiping the slate clean, if you like. It's positive because even Matteo Damian, we've seen that his quality probably isn't good enough, but I wouldn't be that opposed to him staying for another year and being a backup if he's willing to accept that. If he doesn't, then he should probably go back to Italy. But if he is, then fair enough, give him a second chance because we're going to need backup if Valencia suddenly goes that form. Let's move on to a youth roundup. It was quite a disappointing start to United's under-18 Premier League campaign. Um, we lost 4-0 to Derby County. Last season, we were in Division 3 come the playoff stages. If you need a quick reminder of how the league works, there's a North and a South Division of 12 teams each. Each side plays each other twice. Tahith Chong and Joshua Bohui made United League debuts against Derby, but a uh, relatively untested team um, who have only come together recently, and we, we looked pretty disjointed. Our only defender in defence, in fact, was Tyrell Warren. And Derby exploited that. Luke Thomas scored early before a hat-trick from Cameron Cresswell. Cresswell actually missed a penalty as well, but was given another after Thomas Sang committed a foul that got him sent off later on. So not a great start for the under-18s, who are bottom after the opening game. On the other hand, a, a fairly drab game for the under-23s instead of under-21s now. Um, that's the newly formed Premier League 2. Under-23 players now eligible. That game came alive with a stunning and uh, an audacious lob from Demi Mitchell. Sam Johnston was in goal for United and he launched the ball upfield for a counter-attack and Mitchell just let it bounce once before lofting it above the Leicester City goalkeeper. You can watch that on United's Twitter. That was in the 87th minute as we beat Leicester 1-0. So a good start to our Premier League 2 campaign. But because of the the new under-23 format, you had players like Kaputska, who has recently signed for Leicester, and Gokhan Inner, as well as former United players like Richie Delat, Matty James playing for Leicester. And Jack Carvalho, our player, has been doing? Well, I mean, we saw, we saw a few of them in action against Man, Man City for Sunderland. Obviously, didn't go too well. Paddy McNair, after coming on, I believe, in the 83rd minute um, for the Jermaine Defoe, who had scored Sunderland's equaliser 20 minutes earlier, then proceeded within about six or seven minutes of coming on to score a very unfortunate own goal, um, which actually cost Sunderland the game. It's been interesting to see how McNair, um, along with Adnan Yanazai, who was recently signed on loan, reunited with David Moyes, under whom he flourished, uh, and Donald Love, who started for Sunderland against Man City. Be interested to see how the three of them get on. Obviously, McNair and Love uh, left on the permanent deals um, and Yanazai signed on loan. So it'll be interesting to see how the three of them get on under David Moyes, especially Adnan Yanazai, because 
as I, as I just mentioned, the one sort of positive thing that did come out of David Moyes' uh, ill-fated season at Old Trafford was the emergence of Adnan Yanazai. Um, and he's never been able to reach those heights again. So be interesting to see whether he's able to um, to recapture some of that form that he showed in that season under Moyes, see if Moyes can harness something in him that no one else has been able to. Wish Paddy McNair and Donald Love good luck too. I'm surprised that the club let them both leave, actually. But, I mean, didn't seem that either of them was going to set the world alight. So, I mean, there was no there was no real need for them to, to be in the first team. And I guess it also opened the way for um, this potential signing of Jose Font, which now makes more sense after letting two defenders go to Sunderland. The only other person out on loan is Guillermo Varela, who is at Eintracht Frankfurt, but their season hasn't started yet. We expect a few more loan moves, actually, possibly for a few of the senior under-23 players. Um, James Wilson, Will Keane could could go out on loan as well as Yanazai and Varela. Right, let's move on to the Southampton game. Quick prediction, actually. Um, hopefully we'll see Paul Pogba in action for the first time. And actually, it'd be quite good to see Heron Mkhitaryan given more time on the pitch. Um, comes in for £26 million and then he's benched for the first two games. I think he's played about, what's he played now? 15 minutes in total for United. It'd be, it'd be really nice to see him behind Zlatan Ibrahimovic working with him or on the right wing. Um, and Jesse Lingard might be back. Uh, he got injured for the Bournemouth game. Um, so, quick prediction on the Southampton games, Jack? Predicting a win. I think it'll be a tough game. Southampton are always a tough team to play against. And they've made some good, some good signings in this transfer window. Uh, Nathan Redmond especially looks uh, like a great signing. I think tipping him to have a, uh, have a great season, he could cause us a few problems. But I think we will still get a win. We look very solid at the back, so I'm not too worried about, about conceding too many goals. And with the likes of Martial, Ibrahimovic, like you said, hopefully Mkhitaryan and Pogba as well. I'm sure that we'll be able to nick a few goals. So, predicting a 2-1 win. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. It's our, it's our first game on a Friday night, actually, um, in the Premier League. New for this season, uh, Friday night football. It sounds slightly odd. They do it in Germany and in the Football League, but just a bit. it's, it's always a bit strange playing on a Friday night. I, I think we'll win as well. It's difficult because Southampton have posed a lot of problems for us in recent years. I mean, we've had some good games, the 3-2 Van Persie hat-trick, but then again, we've had some where... Uh, I was at the game where Lallana scored a, a 90th minute or 89th minute equaliser back when he was a Southampton player. And then last year, not great, Charlie Austin winning it winning it for Southampton at Old Trafford. But I think, we, I think we'll win 2-1, same as you. What do you think of Friday night fixtures, actually? I, I quite like the idea, actually. Um, I'm, I'm not against it by any means. Slightly annoying playing Sunday and Friday, uh, as in only having five days in between. But I, no, I, I'm all for it. I like it. It's... it's just another way of getting more games on TV, which is never a bad thing. Um, it's always annoying whenever a team's playing at three three PM on a, a Saturday and you can't watch it. So the more games we can get on TV, the better. And I, I like the initiative. We I think we we played a Friday night game. Was it second game of last season against Aston Villa away? Which was I think the only one last season. And I, I thought it was, it worked quite well. Um, obviously, it's a bit annoying for away fans potentially getting to getting to games might be a bit difficult. But if that, if that can be sorted out, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I I do think um, teams should give free travel for for Friday night games, especially because Southampton fans coming up to to Manchester on a Friday night and and then trying to get home again is is a bit of a pain. So I, I mean, perhaps they should look more at uh, not free travel, but uh, scheduling, even trying to make closer teams than United and Southampton play each other. Definitely, we definitely don't want a, another one where Sunderland fans head down to Southampton and get whipped eight nil. We don't want that on a Friday night. Right, that's that's all we have time for. A win against Bournemouth and we're playing their rival Southampton in our first Friday night fixture in the Premier League. It's a good way to start the season, but most importantly, 
We were excited by United again. Three goals. That's what it's all about, isn't it? We'll see you soon for youth season previews as well as after the Saints game. Jack, where can we find you on Twitter? At UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. And you can find me on Twitter at HarryRobinson64 and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod, that's P-O-D. Enjoy the end of the Olympics. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Podcast Network.